All right, here we go. <laughs> the text for my last message today is the Old Testament lesson from Deuteronomy chapter 30, which was read earlier. Brothers and sisters in Christ, use it or lose it. Maybe you've heard that cliche before, use it or lose it. And I know that it truly applies to me with regards to my biblical languages, which I studied at seminary. If I don't stay in contact, if I don't regularly use my Greek and Hebrew, I begin to lose my linguistic abilities. Use it or lose it. Well, in our text from Deuteronomy, it appears that it's choose it or lose it. It seems like we have a rhetorical question uh, set before us in our text. Do you want to choose life or death? Good or evil? Well, duh. Who wouldn't want to choose life? Uh, those who are spiritually dead? Who wouldn't want to choose good? Those who are inclined by nature to choose evil? So I guess the question is not as rhetorical as it first appears. Now the covenant in our text, the invitation to choose life rather than death reminded me of a classic old western movie, Outlaw Josie Wales. Uh, Josie Wales, played by Clint Eastwood, uh, meets up with an Indian chief toward the end of the movie and the chief offers a covenant of sorts to Josie and a small group of farmer friends. And the chief actually uses those same words from our text, inviting Josie to choose life or to choose death. And Josie wisely chooses life and, and the covenant is sealed even with blood. So Josie and his friends are allowed to live and prosper. In our text, Israel is encouraged to choose good and not evil. And the word for good here includes the notion both of prosperity and salvation, of material provision and spiritual provision. And that's a lot of good. And the psalmist echoes the material good when he writes in Psalm 145, you open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. And we hear an example of spiritual good in Romans 5, 8, where Paul says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now the salvation provision takes priority and may even serve as the basis for our inclination for material provision. C.S. Lewis once said, kind of echoing our epistle lesson today, that if you aim for heaven, you get both heaven and earth. But if you aim for earth, you get neither. So it would indeed be wise to choose good. We see a type of covenant in our text, and this particular covenant is one 
which governs the relationship between the stronger and the weaker. Stronger in this case being God and the weaker being his people. And the good and encouraging news is that it is actually the stronger who fulfills the terms of agreement for the weaker. Perhaps this is suggesting that God's choosing us is the source of our inclination and ability to choose life. Today, Christ covenants with us, calling us into faith, renewing us in our baptism, and nurturing us with holy communion. Our Lord's gracious initiative enables us to choose life. And that is good news because, you see, by nature, there's no way we could choose life. Now, right before our text, we hear some words which might give us the impression that we can choose life. We read, For this commandment that I command you today is not too hard for you, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that you should say, Who will ascend to heaven for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it? Neither is it beyond the sea that you should say, Who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it? But the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart, so that you can do it. Well, that almost sounds doable. But even though God's command is portrayed as easy and near, it's not. In fact, it's impossible. By nature, we cannot make the right choice. In the epitome of the formula of Concord, one of our Lutheran confessions, we read, Likewise, we believe, teach, and confess that the unregenerate human will is not only turned away from God, but also has become God's enemy, that it has only the desire and will to do evil, and whatever is opposed to God. Bad will, incapable will. Scripture says that we're born spiritually dead, and that doesn't bode well for the will. Incapable, yet still culpable. By nature, we stand condemned. Paul reminds us that one man's sin, Adam's, led to the condemnation of all people. We remain incapable, yet still culpable. You see, it's too hard for us to choose life. But it's not too hard for God, who is our life, as Moses reminds us. Our faithfulness is determined by God's faithfulness. We heard Moses say before our text, Who will ascend to heaven for us to bring it to us? Well, God's faithfulness to us actually descended from heaven as the word made flesh. And he is very near us. Luther's famous hymn, From Heaven Above to Earth I Come, includes this verse. Welcome to earth, O noble guest, through whom the sinful world is blessed. You came to share my misery that you might share your joy with me. Yes, the word is now very near. 
The Word made flesh, Jesus Christ, is very near. The Word made flesh, Jesus Christ, is as near as God's Word, the Bible, and the sacraments. There Jesus imparts himself to us in our mouths and in our hearts. There Jesus chooses us. And that choice now predicates our choice. Having been chosen, we can now choose life. We can choose to live faithfully in God's covenant with us. And that's because our human will, which was bound to sin, has now been regenerated. We can now choose the life who is Jesus because he has chosen us. In the solid declaration of the formula of Concord, we find this concession. When, however, people have been converted and thus have been enlightened and the will has been renewed, then such people desire the good. So I guess we can choose good. We can choose life because Jesus is the life who has chosen us. John 14, 6, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And Jesus is not only the life, he's also the only way to Life And the gracious irony is that we can choose life only because we've been chosen. Jesus said in John 15, You did not choose me, but I chose you, and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Christ chose us. And that is good news. But we see here a connection between being chosen and choosing. Between being chosen and bearing fruit. Between being chosen and obeying God's ways and commandments and statutes and rules. And what joyful choosing we are afforded. More gracious irony surfaces in how God chose us. In 1 Corinthians 1 we read, But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are. Now the way that God chose us may appear foolish and weak to the world, but the foolishness of God is wiser than the wisdom of the world. The weakness of God is stronger than the strength of the world. Nothing seems more foolish and weak than Christ on a cross. And yet nothing is more wise and powerful than Christ on a cross. We can choose life because Jesus chose death. 
Just like Adam can only breathe because God breathed the breath of life into him, we can choose life only because God chose us. And he did so again by breathing life into us through his inspired word. John 1.14 reads, The word became flesh and dwelt among us. That would be Jesus. He dwelt among us to be saturated with our sins. He died among us to pay the penalty for our sins. He rose among us to show us what's in store. God spoke to us through his incarnate word. And God continues to speak his incarnate word to us through the gospel message today. Whereas God may shout at times through creation, he whispers in our ear through the gospel. He says, I love you. I died for you. I rose for you. I took your filth and gave you my righteousness. You are my child now and forever. The same God who created the world with his words recreated you and me with his words, the words of the gospel. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. We are brand spanking new, all because of God's word. The same God who breathed life into us, just as he did Adam at creation, has breathed new life into us. So breathe that breath of life and choose life. Breathe that breath of life and choose good. Breathe that breath of life and choose blessing. The joy of being chosen produces the joy of choosing. Five years ago, St. John's called me, in a sense chose me to be one of your pastors, and it has truly been a joy. Now Faith Community Lutheran Church has called me, and even though decisions are made by both a part of the congregation and the pastor, a call is indeed God's initiative. And as I responded to God's initiative five years ago, I respond to God's initiative today. Kathy and I will truly miss you, but we and you will continue to boldly proclaim God's gracious choice in Christ. And so I pray God's blessings to all of you. Amen.